0: For today's special topic, I wanna talk about pandemic fatigue. This is the idea that, you know, people have just gotten tired of this pandemic. They just desperately want to get back to normal life. And trust me, I do as well. And so they're starting to sort of ignore some of the public health guidance on limiting transmission because they they just wanna get back to normal life. And I I think that's relatable for many of us. I know we're all tired, but the reality is that the virus isn't tired of us. And if we could stop this pandemic just the sheer force of will because we're tired of it, then that probably would have happened back when we were all sheltered in place. Cause I don't know very many people that enjoyed that experience either, but it's not something that just goes away because we don't want it to be there anymore. The virus only cares about getting to the next human that it can infect. And so when we ignore the guidance, when we gather with each other, we give the virus new opportunities to infect, to flourish, to replicate, and to spread to others. I've had friends who were initially very much on board. They knew my history and the work that I had done, and I've been a trusted resource for them for all sorts of different infectious disease-related things. Some of these friends have underlying medical conditions um, that preclude them from working in certain environments because they're immunocompromised or, you know, et cetera. And while the science message hasn't changed from me or from many other experts, they've decided that they're done. Um, They're back to eating in restaurants. They're back to, you you know, gathering with family without masks on and and all sorts of things. And at the end of the day, I just have to remember that I'm just like I tell my children, I'm not everybody's mom and I can't control what other people do, but it has been hard to watch. And friendships are strained, not just for me, but for a lot of people through this pandemic. uh, You know, we've seen moments of incredible compassion and uh, concern for others. And then we've seen what looks like, and I'm not talking about the friends that I mentioned here, but what looks like selfishness, honestly, people that are like, I'm not doing this because you can't tell me what to do. And what that kind of shows is a real lack of concern about the people around you, unfortunately. I think it's important to remember that you know one of the most polarizing issues of this pandemic so far seems to have been the idea of wearing a mask. But I think it's important to remember that wearing a mask is a means to getting back to life as usual. I want you to imagine that you could go back to how things were before the pandemic and the only thing you needed to do to get there was wear a mask. It's estimated that if 80% of us wore our masks all the time, this virus would be gone. And so it, it really just requires a collective effort. But for some, that that's just too much to ask. They view that as an infringement on their personal liberty. The problem is, unlike previous campaigns aimed at safety, whether it was the seatbelt laws, smoking in restaurants kind of laws. This isn't a situation that impacts only you and your safety. It impacts the the safety of lots of other people around you. And in fact, I was at a, an outdoor book club where we were socially distanced and there was uh, one individual who was like, come on closer. I don't have COVID. And um In the past, you know, I I don't know whether this person wears a mask or not, but what I've noticed for from others that are, you know, very anti-mask people, is I seem to get the impression, and again, this is just my experience, that maybe they take our insistence on mask wear personally, like we view them as diseased or dirty. I I just want to reassure people in in my orbit that that's not how I think, um, and I don't think that's how a lot of people think. I think in reality, we're humble enough to recognize that. No one knows whether they're sick or not, because there's such a wide spectrum of symptoms with this disease. So it's best just to assume that everyone is. And so the more people we have wearing masks, the better we're all protected. But the, the thing is, and I know that we've got Halloween just around the corner. I know my kids are excited. I know that I've talked about it on the podcast here. The thing is, if, if we don't do something drastic to stop this surge in the next few days, then I don't see how things like Thanksgiving celebrations are possible. You know, I and it's possible that Halloween will also be off the table here soon in parts of the country. Like I I don't, I cannot stress seriously enough how how desperate the situation is in certain parts of the country right now. And if they're just the tip of this new peak and it's going to spread through all of us, I just just understand what we're we're looking down right now. When I think about the meme, winter is coming, uh, <laughs> um, I think of it specifically for this pandemic a lot, actually. Winter is something that I I think most people I know who work in public health are very nervous about. And in, when I think about it, I think of, for example, in Pirates of the Caribbean, you've got Captain Jack Sparrow looking down the great big mouth of the Kraken, you know, like the, the big monster. And you're just this one guy, right? And that's what it feels like right now. Like we know the people that work in public health know what a big big challenge this winter is going to be and all the messaging that we're putting out there right now is an effort to save lives i mean i don't i I won't sugarcoat what this is when we're telling you to get a, a flu shot when we're telling you to social distance when we're telling you to wear a mask it is not to infringe on your personal liberty it is to save lives and i think if any of us could save lives right now if 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 All you had to do was wear a piece of cloth on your face and you could save five people. It's hard for me to imagine somebody who wouldn't, do it. And yet we still have the problems that we do. So this isn't a happy podcast. I'm sorry for that. But in many ways, it's meant to be a pep talk, guys. We're in a marathon and we're still in the early miles of it. We probably won't have a vaccine that is distributed to much of our population until the the later part of next spring. There's a chance we're going to be wearing masks until next Christmas because we need to immunize enough people to achieve herd immunity. But we're not going to get there through natural infection. We have people that are getting reinfected after being sick, recovered, getting well, and then they get sick again. So we don't, it doesn't seem like immunity lasts all that long. So the herd immunity idea through natural infection is kind of ludicrous. We need that vaccine. And so we kind of just need a a better collective effort. And so I hope that I'm probably preaching to the choir for many of the people who listen to this, if nothing else, I just want you to keep the faith that you are doing the right things and I hope that you'll continue. All right. So if you'd like to continue this conversation, you know, my Georgia newsletter is amberschmidtkephd.substack.com. The Kansas one is kansascovid19updates.substack.com. And you can find me on Facebook and Twitter. So thanks so much, guys. That's it this week for Public Health for the People.